Ready to build better benefits that maximize employee wellness? Join Infirmary Health and Rx Benefits June 4th ASHRA webinar as they discuss actionable advice for developing pharmacy programs with your pharmacy resources, how to build internal and external partnerships that boost employee wellness, and what pharmacy trends could impact future benefit design for all HR leaders. Register today. To learn more about Rx Benefits, visit employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in show notes. Astro listeners, welcome to another episode of the Astro Podcast. Here, still in person, with your other co-host Bo Brabo, we have the pleasure of having Jamie Parsons with us. Jamie is the CHRO at King's Daughter Medical Center in Ashland, Kentucky, which you were just explaining is part of University of Kentucky as well, correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, oh, King's Daughters is uh, part of the UK healthcare system as of uh, December of last year. Oh, wow. that's awesome. Well, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your background. I noticed that you're uh, part of the board of ASHRA a few years back. Is that correct? Or y- Yeah, that's correct. So I have spent um, probably about 20 years with ASHRA, uh, really started out working with ASHRA on the uh, Labor and Legislative Committee and uh, enjoyed that. And uh, that led into me becoming part of the actual ASHRA board. That's awesome. And so I was president in 2018 and enjoyed that. Um, but with a lot of things, I'd spent a lot of time with ASHRA, and I, I thought it was important to let yeah. some of the younger folks, you know, participate in some of the things that ASHRA does and get new blood in there and new ideas and those types of things. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with ASHRA. Awesome. Awesome. So with CHRO, I'm sure you handle a whole range of HR uh, topics and initiatives. Let me ask it this way. What do you truly enjoy working on the most where you're like, oh, yeah, I like this. This is what I'm passionate about. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, when I think about the things that I really enjoy the most in the work environment is being able to bring people into the organization that can best support our mission, vision, and values and, and taking care of, of the patients. I mean, when you think about, you know, what's that first impression or who, you know, gets that person in the door to really be the yeah. patient caregiver, mm-hmm. that's human resources. I mean, we're yeah. the ones that screen those individuals. We're the ones that talk to those individuals. And, and ultimately get them in to talk to the hiring managers and do those types of things. So, so I really enjoy that part and being able to um, be a key player in, in providing you know, patient care to the people in our communities that I live in and work in and meet them every day at the grocery stores and those types of things. I love that. I yeah. love that. How do you, how, uh, building on that, how do you ensure your team is uh, truly finding folks that align with your, with your mission and values and not having, you know, like warm body syndrome, like is healthcare, you know, it, sometimes we just need people, but I mean, you're talking about the home runs is finding folks that align with uh, mission and values. Yeah, I mean that that's that's a um a steep challenge sometimes. Sure. I think sure. for me it goes back to um many 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 years ago I became part of the the Malcolm Baldrige process. That's a national quality award that, you know, encompasses healthcare as well. And so we develop a human resources strategic plan that helps guide us in what we do and helps us focus on, you know, what's really important to us mm-hmm. from a patient perspective. But it allows us to do things like one of the things I've done at King's Daughters is uh, 
put together some customer service standards for human resources to make sure really? that we I even that. know who our customers are. Because sometimes you ask about you know who are your customers, and, and you get everything from you know uh, applicants to physicians. I mean, it's the kitchen sink and throw yeah. everything into it. So it really helps us kind of define who our customers are and set those standards and and drive us to do what we need to do best to ensure that we're not just hiring people that are fogging a mirror and that you know it may take us a little bit longer i mean you know that's not necessarily what you know the hiring managers want to hear but it might take us a little bit longer but at least we've got the right person there and, yeah. and they're doing what's best for the organization and not leaving us in three months that's yeah. true well well you're doing nobody a favor if they leave in three months and then you're yeah. backfilling that role and you still have the next role to fill right yeah yeah i'm I'm curious, Jamie. Yesterday, Luke and I moderated the executive symposium here at the conference. Yes. And our panel members, one of the things they talked about was using data to help drive um, decisions, use them as reflection points. How are we doing? You know, we've got to measure data. So one of the audience members asked at the end, which I thought was a great question, an important question. He asked, you know, what data are you actually tracking? What are you measuring? Um, so from your, from in your organization, in the, your HR department, what type of data do you track that leads leads you to making more informed decisions, better decisions, finding finding those um, those points where things are getting stuck? Maybe, maybe whether it's in the hiring process, yeah, what a customer service process. What types of data are you collecting? Well, first of all, that was a great learning session. Both of y'all did a great job oh, of you. moderating that. I was thank there. You. Oh, good. So, thank you. So I enjoy I enjoyed that that learning session. Um, I have always been a big believer in in data. So for years, I've had um, a a HRS department that helped produce those data points. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be your typical data points that you have, you know, turnover, first year turnover, retention, those types of things. Um, it's also important along with your data to have benchmarks because you might have 15% turnover, but you know, is that good, bad or indifferent? I right. mean, you don't, you don't know what that is. And so I will, um, you know, um, do a shameless plug, I guess, for Asher in the sense that they have a great metrics report that you can get uh-huh. that gives you all those benchmarks you compare against it. But you know, the other thing I've learned over the years is that. Our, our data changes based upon what's important to the organization. Right. And so a lot of people produce a report and it's the same report for them, you know, for 10 years. But you know, ours may look one way in, um, you know, January and look a totally different way come October or November. So it's yeah. really based upon the strategic plan of the organization. And you know, if we're building a, $160 million cancer center, then we want to make sure some of the data we're tracking is hiring the workforce to be able to support that when, right. when you open it. And right. so, you know, and then once that's done, that drops off our report and something else replaces it. Right. So I think being able to produce those uh, data reports from a human resources perspective, um, and then, you know, again, are you doing good, bad, or indifferent? Mm-hmm. And then are you supporting the hospital, whatever you're measuring? Yeah. I, you went exactly where I was hoping you would go. <laughs> Naturally, you did that as, an, as a healthcare HR executive, which is great because I think it's important for the listeners, um, maybe our more junior, mid-level uh, HR leaders out there, that number one, collecting the data, you know, I got to do it. Then you got to figure out what data am I going to collect? Right. And then that leads to what are we going to do with the data? How are we going to analyze the data? Are we using it for against the organization's actual objective and what we're trying to achieve? Right. Um, so super important to have all that in line um, and have a plan for how you're going to analyze it why you're collecting it, what you're collecting, how you're going to analyze it, and what are we going to do with it um, once we've done that. Yeah, it, that's absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. 
Yeah, fell a, right into is what you're you saying. You did. You huh? fell right okay. into that it. That happens to me so many times, good or bad. You <laughs> yeah. fell right into that, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so what did your, uh, your career path look like to get into you know, kind of the top of the HR mountain, if you will? Uh, Where did you start off in HR? Why healthcare? Yeah, so um, you know, I grew up in a little town uh, in West Virginia called Dunbar. Okay, uh, big whopping ninety-eight people in my graduating class. Wow! Um, but I was about you know forty minutes from Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. Yeah, yeah of course. And so I decided that um, I was going to be the black sheep of the family because uh, my father was a fireman, my grandfather was a fireman, my brother was a fireman, my cousins are firemen, and what does Jamie do? He goes off to Marshall University. So, you know, that that's kind of uh, where I started everything. Um, so both of my um, undergraduate and graduate degrees came from Marshall University with a specialization in healthcare. I did an internship at River Park Hospital. Okay. And so that's kind of what and that internship was in human resources. Huh? I really enjoyed that internship. And um, it just worked out where after I finished that internship, River Park Hospital uh, gave me a job uh, as the director of HR wow. in the hospital. So I was 22 years old and director of HR yes. um, at, at a 160-bed hospital. So Whoa. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was great. You know, I learned a lot of things there. Uh, the first 10 years of my career, uh, it was with River Park Hospital and St. Francis Hospital, mm-hmm. uh, which were both owned by uh, Columbia HCA. And so um, that's a for-profit healthcare chain that um, learned a lot during that time, learned a lot of the business side of yeah. it, and I think has really helped me throughout my career being able to relate to the business side of healthcare and not just you know the human resources side, so 100%. to speak, and, and tie all of that together. And so um, spent some time at River Park, and then they asked me to move to St. Francis, which is in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, enjoyed that um i've never turned anything down so like uh, I think that's important. I mean, as, as you know, 22-year-old, you know, new to the profession, you know, they were always asking me to do things. So, like, at River Park Hospital, like, I'm always a morning person, so I've always gotten up early. I remember they saying, well, we need somebody to pick up the mail. Can you drive by and pick up the mail? And I'm like, sure, why not? I'll drive by in the mornings. And I'd drive by the post office and open up my hatchback and throw the mail in there and come in in the mornings and put the mail in the mailboxes and those types of things. And you like think, why would you do that? Well, you know, what I learned from that when I did that, I knew everybody's name at River Park Hospital because I was putting their mail up every morning. And so, you know, it really helped me learn wow. those types of things. And yeah. so um, it's, it's I've just never said no to a lot of things. And so at St. Francis Hospital, um, that's where I started getting a little bit of the um, outside of human resources. So there I had marketing, risk management, and human resources. And, and again, enjoyed that broader perspective of human resources that allowed me to just kind of relate a little bit more to yeah. some of those other departments. But uh, after spending 10 years in the for-profit side, I got a call from a recruiter like so many people do. And sure, I know you're not looking, but you know anybody that's mm-hmm. looking. And I said, well, I might be interested in this job and moved to um, – Nash Healthcare Systems in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. It was yes. a four-hospital, not-for-profit system. Um, enjoyed working there. The CEO there was kind of um, a good uh, individual for me to bounce a lot of things off of. I've been a lifelong learner, and so that's actually when I became a fellow in the American College of Healthcare Executives. And at that time, uh, you had to have a mentor, and he became my mentor. And so it's just been something I've been able to tap into my my entire career. But um, you know, the interesting thing about Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, if you've never heard about it, great place to, to, you know, live and work, but it's actually the home of Hardee's. 
So really? Really? yeah, if you, I mean, everybody's heard of Hardee's. Well, that's where Hardee's started at was Rocky yeah. Mountain, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of neat. And, and so, you know, um, you know, I don't know how, how things are supposed to go as far as what you say and what you don't say on a podcast. Like I said, it's <laughs> my, my first podcast. I think Hardee's yeah. felt bad because, um, our cath lab was called the Hardee's Heart Center there. They had donated enough money that we named it the Hardee's Heart Center. Sure. So, uh, but eventually that disappeared. That came off there, but, but it was when I got there, it was the Hardee's, yeah. Hardee's Heart Center. Center and uh, enjoyed that that time there at, at uh, Nash, uh, but got recruited to a healthcare system in Johnson City, Tennessee. Sure, it's Johnson City, Kingsport, and Bristol, mm-hmm. and um, great great organization there. Um, really, kind of got into the MA part there. Uh, when I went there, there were roughly you know six hospitals. By the time I left, they were you know around fifteen, fourteen hospitals. Sure, so, sure. Uh, grew to cover multiple states and things yep. like that. Got introduced to the Malcolm Baldridge, you know, that's uh, cool process there. Lean there, just learned a ton of stuff. It's a good system. Um, I think I, I know the one. Is that Ballad? Is Ballad now? Yeah, I yeah, know the one you're Ballad talking Health about. Now. Do good yeah, work yeah. out there. And we, I mean, my wife worked there too, and we actually decided to, uh, you know, both our kids were grown and you know, they're out, and so uh, we kind of uh, expanded out. After that merger, uh, she became the CEO of a company in Nashville, uh, and then I went to St. Elizabeth Healthcare in uh, Northern Kentucky. I know I'm doing what I'm not supposed to do. I'm like no, you're moving, all good. <laughs> I'm moving away from the mic. So, uh, but um, you know, enjoyed that great healthcare system in Northern Kentucky. Uh, you know, if you know that Cincinnati region, you mm-hmm. know it's it's a very it's not the uh, the the more rural kind of like Johnson City, Tennessee, those types of things. And and ultimately ended up getting recruited and moved to. Um, uh, King's Daughters in Ashland, Kentucky, which is, we love to hike and those types of things. So it's kind of that type of environment nice. there at, uh, at King's Daughters, which is now part of the University of Kentucky as well. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love hearing all how all of those connections start to start to come together. Those, as we heard a, a word yesterday, instead of M&A, it was strategic combination. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> that's a good way to say good it. That's kind of, yeah. 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 Strategic combination. Yeah. Yes. That's like, um, Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you registered for ASHRAE's June 4th webinar yet? Attend Optimizing Employee Wellness, How Infirmary Health Aligned HR and Pharmacy for Better Benefits, and Earn a CEU. Yeah, so I love that. It's a great experience, and I'm sure today it's a lot of experience that you have to give back to your HR teams, to ASHRAE, everybody listening on this podcast. Yeah, we're, we're incredibly grateful that you're sharing. Yeah, yeah, I basically summed up 31 years in about six minutes. That's later. right. It was, <laughs> great. It was awesome. Uh, let me ask you this question because now I'm curious because you've seen oh, a lot of different experience everywhere. So I think this cool, you'll know, well, have some insight on this question. Uh, for the next generation of HR professionals that are coming up, so I'm picturing, you know, Jamie when he was 22, right? <laughs> so there's got to be 22, Jamie 22 listening right now. What problem do you think needs to be solved? in healthcare HR that is going to be up to the next generation of professionals and what advice would you give them to solve it? I know that's a really broad question, but yeah. Yeah, there there's so many challenges today in human resources. I mean, if if human resources isn't at the table, so to speak, for their yeah. organizations, um, it's gonna make it difficult for those organizations, in my opinion, to, to be successful. I mean you think about it, 
human resources typically has salaries and benefits, which is yeah. for most organizations, 50, 52% of your expenses. And right. so, you know, it's a big part of an organization. And so I think being able to, um, you know, and our margins are getting tighter. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't pick up a newspaper or a journal or, or, or read anything or hear anything where, you know, the shrinking margins are getting more and more difficult. So I think it's how do, how do you reinvent human resources to really kind of um, support the new healthcare human resources environment. So whether that's yeah. benefits. And so, you know, from, from my perspective, you know, here's your benefits, whether you're 20, whether you're 40 or whether you're 60 in most organizations, here's your benefits. And so mm-hmm. that new, um, you know, human resources professional coming up, they're going to have the challenge of how do I structure a benefit system that meets the needs of, you know, all the generations in my workforce. And, and we're not really set up to do that now. I mean, when I say those types yeah. of things to some of the people that, you know, I've worked with over the years, they're like, what? And we, we, you know, we, you want, you don't want to do this or that, or, you know, and so it, it, it's a challenge sometimes. And, yeah. and I think that if we've gotten into the gig economy, you know, how are we going to change the, right. the mindset of, you know, individuals to make sure human resources um, can, can really support the, what the workforce wants. And so, you know, if you talk about, uh, there's a, there's a, a startup out there now that really lets nurses just kind of sign up like Grubhub and pick what you want in regards to yeah. The, yeah. The, the job that you want. It may just be one shift that you ever want to do in an organization. Yep. Um, and that sends a lot of compliance people over the edge. You know, how do you sure. keep up with their licensure? How do you keep up? How do you make sure they do their CBLs? How do you, do? I don't know. We'll figure that out. You I know, we that. have to, because that's the way the world around us is, is changing and, and we're going to have to figure that out. And so yeah. I think those are some of the things that, um, you know, the, the, generation coming up is going to need to really kind of help us maneuver through all of that so that yeah. we're successful in what yeah, we do. I agree. I love it. I, I live in the benefits space today, healthcare HR exec turn benefits broker, but I love what you're saying and yeah. I love the piece and, and you heard it yesterday in the symposium and you just said it now, um, the business, the business side of things, right? Right. So even if we say 50%, if we just settle on 50% salary compensation and benefits, 50% of the ex- of uh, hospital systems or health systems expense, right? What better reason is there if you're in healthcare HR that you have got to understand the business side of yeah. this? Yeah, absolutely. Because you are contr- you are in charge of you're leading the salary, the compensation, the benefits, you're leading on those and those are that's a huge expense. To yeah. any organization, whether it's healthcare or not, it's still one of the largest expenses in any organization. What better reason than for you to be in tune with the business side of the house, how you make money, what are your margins, you name it, yeah. right? that you understand the balance sheet, where you're impacting that balance sheet positively or negatively. Absolutely. Where can I save, maybe on the benefits plan, where can I save but still give the same level of um, benefit that our employees need and want, right? and that I'm in tune with that stuff. Otherwise... You, you just might not be making the right decisions. Yeah. Um, might be a case if you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So the education, <laughs> the business acumen, I think it's just critical. Yeah, I, I can tell you, you know, there's, you know, not getting too detailed, but you yeah. know, even looking at you know some of our retirement plans and going in and you know from my history, looking at a retirement plan, going wait wait a minute, we're paying twenty one basis points, and I know that we should be closer to fourteen basis yeah, points, right? And, you know, being able to relate that back and and you know that's a savings typically to the employees, but it's still a savings. It's still a it's savings to the employees yeah, or right. to the organization. Just kind of understanding what a basis point is, I think, is you know kind of important for human resources to know that if you're going to relate. 
That's right. Those are the questions you have to be asking, right? Yes. So if you're working with a retirement services advisor, and you're right, the basis points, all that money, right? Usually say, no, the, the company doesn't pay us. Well, kind of. The employees are paying you, right? Yeah. Because it's coming out of the it's coming out of the plan, yeah. right? So those are dollars that are not yes. working for the employees who are investing. Yes. So that's, that's all important. I could not agree with you more, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm seeing a, a transition. I think it's going to be for the positive, right? Like it's being really apparent right now with all the guests that we talk to in healthcare. Uh, I'm rereading, I'm going to preface this. I'm rereading the book Good to Great right now. Okay. So I love that book. Like, why not? Like, Getting I, on the right seat on the right bus. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All of that. So I go back to it like every two or three years. But now it has, it, it's hitting a little differently. Now, you know, now that we're coming to the tail end of the pandemic and just working in healthcare more. Uh, the truly understanding that people really are what take you from good to great. And I don't want that to be cliche because in healthcare, that goes for HR. That goes for, well, heck, all the clinicians or even the dietary or the EVS folks that are yeah. in these uh, communities, right? But then I'm also starting to see, and we can see with all the exhibitors around here, the role technology is playing in healthcare right now today. And I, I think it's kind of becoming clear. So what I'm thinking is, okay, people are going to be the only ones to take your organization from good to great. And let's embrace that and recognize it, but use technology as a way to ensure the process is only going to be so bad. So I think there should be another book written called Average to Good, and then we see what we can automate. You know what I mean? Because the new role for this, and I can see it going, and we talk about asset access to care telehealth i mean our healthcare system is set up for that i have an ailment i go to a facility i get it worked on and then i go home and just with mental health and everything else that the, where, where this world is going it's not enough for what it's not made it's not built to help with chronic issues or what i right. think is happening with a lot of the folks today so that that's that's what i'm seeing i yeah. just thought of that now so average to good well yeah I mean, new book i mean from a technology perspective i i can't agree more i mean i think when you do things like you know a lot of organizations from an hr perspective that still fax this form to me so i can fill it out and fax it back to you yeah. well oh you know gosh. why not have something on your intranet that allows them to fill out the form right there on the spot and yeah they're not searching for it and you're not having to call it you know and it, it allows them to spend more time with you know their patients and care for the patients and do those things that are really you know what we're here for is to, is to care for the patients and not search for a form from hr so you Thank can fill you. it out and turn it back but um it was probably um it's been two or three weeks ago i actually had the uh department meeting for my for my human resources department and I introduced them to chat gpt <laughs> and yes. so you know i was like who who's even seen this and, and a few of them raised their hands they'd even seen it but you know, then i pulled it up on our on our screen and i said well let's see how that impacts us and i did things like you know type a resignation letter and it just typed it out in 30 yes. seconds and i said type a new benefits letter and it just typed it out in a few seconds and so i'm like this is what we're up against i mean these this is the new technology that we're up against in regards to and you know how's it going to help us from a human resource don't don't fight it how can we embrace it and thank use you it to to help you know where we need to go and um I'm, I'm still learning you know when you listen to other people who are like so terrified of ai it seems like that they're worried that you know it's going to be the terminator all over again or something sure so, sure I, you know i don't under, quite understand that i think it's there to really help us and, I think and, will too. and help us you know better prepare our uh, workforces and those types of things. So. Yeah, I agree. And, and getting, you know, chat GPT is a perfect example. It's ensuring we are only going to be so bad. 
When we think about this, most of the time it's stuff that we needed to do that we do not typically do. Yeah. So, like, perfect example of what you just said, how often in your life do you write a resignation letter? <laughs> Once? <Yeah. laughs> Twice? Ever? Right. right? So, now, so, yeah. so it's, ta- it's removing that, that need yeah. to Google, right? Give me samples of a resignation letter, and then you try to figure out how am I going to write this. Yeah, right? then you add in your own flavor. Yeah. Right. So well, that's a good can... point. To me, it's just kind of like a, a, a an evolution of Google. I mean, everybody yeah. Googled those kinds of things, and now it's just a chat GT, GPT that you can get to do those kinds of things. That's a good point. Yeah, like if I say, like, make me a new PTO policy for clinicians, and it does it, like, it's only going to be so bad, yeah. right? I, it, it might not be great. Let's, yeah, okay. But I could, I could bring it to Jamie if Jamie's my boss, and he'd be like, you know what, Luke? It's not too bad. Maybe yeah. it makes some yeah. tweaks. But. It's like, wow, good job, Luke. You <laughs> yeah. know? You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's not great. Only the people are going to go from good to great. Yeah. But Right. But if you think about those, and it's, it's really about how you approach it. And if you're approaching it, Jamie, like you're saying, it's a tool, Yeah. right? Yeah. And if it's a tool that adds efficiency and makes us more productive... Well, then let's use it in that, potentially use it in that fashion. Yeah. Right. It's not the, of course, we got to have quality control around it. Right. Mm-hmm. But hey, if we can do things quicker, faster, more efficient, right, then maybe, maybe that's less people that we have to hire. Or maybe we can just do more things and get to our objectives, meeting our objectives faster. Yeah. Yes. Right? And that's the business side. And, and I, w- I would take it another step and say, you know, I don't, you know, I care how you get to the end, but if you get to the end using chat GBT, I don't have a problem with that. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a great product, I mean, yeah, that's, right. what, that's what we're looking yeah. for. Um, on the flip side, I have uh, also just started my doctoral program. Oh, awesome. um, and they are all about stay away from that kind of <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You like, know, they're like, we have software that will catch you if you use it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you this know, is not for I mean, your here, dissertation. I, yeah, <laughs> here I am telling, you know, my employees, you want to use this. And then I'm having conversations that we will catch you if you use it. You know, I'm like, it's just two totally different worlds of how they look at yeah, that. Throw this other, out there. Yeah. That might be a good dissertation topic. Well, yeah, yeah. It well, could be. And there's there's other programs, and I don't I don't want to necessarily plug it on the on the on the podcast, but there are other AI tools um, that 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 even have, um, and I'm sure there's college students out there that have found these tools that have full plagiarism checks. Like you can you could take something from Chat Chat GPT that wrote something for you, plug it into this tool, hit the button, it will it will scour the entire internet, and if it finds something. Then it pops it up. Hey, what you're saying here is also said in these oh, three yeah. spots, yeah. right? And if it's if there's nothing out there, right, it'll say give you the gives you a check mark. Say yeah. nope, it's clear, right? Um, so it's interesting that schools are trying to like it is. It's an interesting dilemma that we're in. <laughs> you're trying to catch people from doing that. Say nope, nope, you didn't write that. Whatever, right? Um, but yet. At the same time, if it's a tool that can add efficiency and productivity, we're like, yeah, we should probably embrace that. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out how to use it. Find out how to how use to it. Just it's no different than the, um, its evolution, right, of technology. Yeah. When the Internet come about, right, now you can email everybody and you can communicate faster. Well, of course, there's a lot of productivity and efficiencies we got from the Internet. But then the Internet's used by bad people, too, to do bad things. Right. Yeah. And I think that's just life. Yeah. Right. Any technology can be corrupted and used for the wrong things. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to use those same tools if it can do good and help us produce good products, good services. 
I agree. Uh, the work that we're doing. I agree. All things in, in good time. I, right. I can even remember, you know, the same parallel 15 years ago. I had a uh, HR committee, the board, and we were, um, a, the organization was approached by a distance learning um, education organization. I was like, well, we're thinking about adding this to our tuition assistance. Um, and that committee was made up of uh, pretty much deans and presidents of local colleges. Like, oh, no, you can't do distance learning. You have to be sitting in the classroom and learning that. And, you know, fast forward 10 years later, all those organizations are now <laughs> offering distance learning. You know, they couldn't. They had no choice. They would have right. lost it. You know, so. I mean, maybe it falls into that scenario where they're still trying to learn how to figure out how to embrace it and then deal with it. Yep. Uh, it's so cool. Jamie, I could talk to you all day. Um, for the last few minutes, we give you just a chance to say whatever you want. You can dress whoever you want, say whatever you want. Well, you know, I think, you know, one of the things since we're here at ASHRA, um, you know, it's, it's great just kind of coming to ASHRA and, you know, reconnecting with a lot of people. I mean, I sat down to lunch yesterday and I'm going to say probably 70% of the people at that table I knew on some level because of my involvement here at ASHRA. And, and, and the value of that is that, you know, um, I can pick up the phone and call one of those individuals anytime I want if there's something I can't figure out. And they can, you know, they can help me with that. And so I think that that's a really kind of important piece of, of ASHRA. You have lots of good learning sessions like we've talked a little bit about and those types of things. But absolutely the, the connections that you, you build with these types of things. And, and I appreciate all the opportunities that I've, I've been given because, because of ASHRA. Yeah, we, nice. well, we really appreciate everything you've done for the organization in the past and continue to do. Uh, one request, when next time you have trouble with something and you go to pit out your uh, network and your peers, you drop Bo and I a note and just uh, tell us what you couldn't figure out because uh, absolutely there will be a lot of other people. That, I'm thinking it's going to be a good title for you know whatever episode we're doing. They're like, okay, well, yeah. Jamie doesn't know. This might be a hot topic that other people can learn from. So yeah, Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Don't, it won't take that much work. Like you just forward the normal message and just type in Bo <laughs> okay. and Luke. We'll know what you're saying. We'll pick it up. I yeah. will definitely note that. All right, Bo. Anything else, good sir? No, I think that is. Um, I think that was great. Truly, truly inspirational and great advice for everybody listening. Yep. So, Asher Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, that's a wrap. Still listening? Save your seat for the upcoming June 4th ASHRA webinar with RX Benefits and Infirmary Health today. Questions for the speakers? Send them ahead of time to ashra.edu at ashra.org.